Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shehebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shehebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in semachot for the entire family. Amen. Daf Lamid Gimal. Today's daf has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Shehebar in honor of the rabbi. Today's daf has been dedicated Ben Miriam and Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanichem Amen. Amen. We are going to begin today on Daflam Gimal Amud Rishon. And we are about ten lines down. Last word on the line. Mor Bere de Ravina. In yesterday's Daf. We brought a Braita, the Braita brought a Pasuk, uh, the Pasuk said, V'nefesh ki temol ma'al v'chatea b'shkaga. Torah talks about somebody that committed the sin of Mi'ila, meaning he used something of Kodesh, and he used it b'shkaga unintentionally, not knowing that it was Kodesh. So the Torah tells us he has to bring a Korban, a Korban Mi'ila. So the Braita said that only in a case where he uh, did it Bishogeg. But if he did it Bemezid, he's not subject to a <coughs> Korban. So the Braita questioned, what's the, necessi- what's the necessity of bringing a Pasuk for this? Seemingly we can learn it from a Kavahomer. And what's the Kavahomer? And what in cases where a sin is subject to, let's say, Karet. Karet, which is considered Hamur. And what? Still the law is that if a person transgresses something b'mezid, he doesn't bring a korban. So me'ilah, which is only mitabi de shamayim, which is less than karet, or the more so mezid is not going to necessitate a korban. So what do you need a pasuk for? So the Quran says, no, you don't have to come home, because I can say the other way. I'll say, and what? When it comes to uh, the case of, let's say, mitabi de shamayim, or, or, or a case of, let's say, karet, where it, which is less than, uh, which is less than mitabide shamayim. So I'll say karet, which is less than mitabide shamayim. That's why the mezid does not bring a korban. But maybe mitabide shamayim, which is mohamud, maybe the mezid needs to bring a korban. That's why I have a pasuk to say no, that the mezid does not bring a korban. So the Gemara question: What were you thinking in the beginning? What were you thinking in the end? Make up your mind. Is karet more severe than? was more severe than karet. At the beginning of the bright, that's master that karet is more serious than mitavid shemaim. At the end of the bright, that's master that mitavid shemaim is more serious than karet. So the Gemara didn't like that start of the bright. So what the Gemara is going to do now is going to give two different possibilities how to interpret the bright. Which means the Gemara is going to really say, indeed, karet is more severe than mita. And what the Gemara is going to do is now change the end of the Braita in order to make sense what the Gemara was indeed saying. So the Gemara says, Mor Bered Ravna said, 
Achi kama. This is what the Brayta meant in the Sefa. Lo im amar pishar mitzvot. When it comes to other mitzvot, let's take for example Shabbat. Shelo asabaim she'en mitkaven kemitkaven. Which means, by Shabbat, you only hayav if you mitkaven to do the avera, the melacha. But if you didn't have kavanah to do the melacha, the melacha was done. We know by Shabbat, the Torah is only mehayev, what's called melechet machshevet. You need an actual kavanah. So let's say, for by Shabbat, where the Torah does not make stringent, adavar she'en mitkaven, like a mitkaven, example, the Gemara says, she'im mitkaven latoch et talush. Let's say a guy had kavanah to cut something that was already detached from the ground. So his kavanah was for chotech, but what? Heter, meaning it was already detached. Vehatakat amehubar. What ended up happening when he went to pick up the, let's say the talush, there happened to be, let's say, a, uh, a knife on the floor, and when he picked it up by mistake, and he cut something that was attached. So what's the deen? Shepatur. In that case, you are patur, <coughs> and therefore in such a case, where you have a leniency, which means where the Torah is lenient, <coughs> that what? Re'enu mitkaven is patur, tomar b'me'ilah, but b'me'ilah she'im nitkaven l'tchamem begizeholin. Let's say a guy intended to warm himself up with the shearings of Cholin, meaning non-Kodesh shearings. But unintentionally, without Kavanah, he picked up the wrong one, and he ended up having Hana'ah from Gizeh from the shearings of a Korban. The deen is what? Even an Enomit Kaven by Mi'ilah is considered... Ma'al. So I would have thought that a mizid is subject to a korban. Kamash ma'alan the pasuk? No. Which means he's explaining the necessity of having a pasuk to exclude mizid by mi'ilah, that it's not going to be subject to a korban. And what's the b'raita saying? Because you would have thought by other isurim, the reason why a mizid doesn't bring a korban, because it's lenient. For example, enomit kaven is... Patur. That by Enomit Kevin is Hayav. So I would have thought that Mezid also is Hayav Korban. Kamash from the Pasuk. No, the Hatabish Kaga. Only a Shogev is a Korban and not a Mezid. So this is the way Mor Bered de Ravna explains the last part of the Braita. Now let's read let's read Rashi. Mor Bered de Ravna Amar. Hai matnita dilil that brighter above the shibusha it never be midrasha. There was a error in the text again because in the beginning of the brighter as much, but karet was more serious than mitabed shaman, and the end of the brighter as much, mitabed shaman is more hamur than karet. So it must be there's a mistake. Ba'achi kamar sefa. This is what the sefa meant. Lo imamar b'shar mitzvot shken lo chayav b'mkor b'shogeg she'en mitkaven lo tamelaka k'shogeg shemitkaven lo tamelaka. Which means when it comes to the shogeg, you're only going to be chayav a korban. For example, by Shabbat, by a case of mitkaven. But eno mitkaven, you're not going to be hayav a korban. She'im mitkaven rashi lachtok et talush. Shu mitkaven l'dvara mutar. Meaning his kavanah is for something mutar. He's cutting something that is detached. That's mutar on Shabbat. Ve'chatak et ha-mechubar. And he ended up cutting something that was attached. She'afilu b'shabbat patur. 
Why? means you need a melacha that has intent. Okay, but he is a shogeg. Either he didn't know that it's Shabbat, or he didn't know that Hatikha cutting is Asur. But bottom line, this guy doesn't mean Korban because he was not mitkaven. For example, what was the case that the Gabbala said? You were mitkaven to warm yourself with shearings of Hulim, which is okay. And you ended up warming yourself with shearings that were of Korban. Now look at that Sheena. She gives us the case. Kegon, how you can In front of him, he had both. He had the shearings of Hulim and the shearings of Ola. Then it's Hulim. Oh, and his Kabbalah was to indeed take the Hulim. And unintentionally, his hand grabbed the Ola. And he actually knew which one was the Ola and which one was the Hulim. Which means he turned away for a minute. So that way he just grabbed his hand, he took the item, thinking he's taking the Hulim. He ended up taking the Ola and he warmed himself up. In this case over here, it's Any type of Mi'ilah is going to be Hayab. Meaning the intent is not written by the Mi'ilah. It's only written by Shabbat. Oh, so let's go back. So therefore I would have thought, since we have a Humrah by Mi'ilah, that even the Shemit Kaven is Hayab, a Qurban, so I would have thought that maybe a mezid as well is also I have a korban. That's why I need the pasuk. No, only a shogeg brings a korban but not a mezid. Now we give another way to learn the sefer of the brayta. Rav Nachman ben Yitzchak Amar, Achi Kamar. This is what the brayta means to say. Lo, im amart b'shar mitzvot shechen lo mitchayev bahen. According to Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak, he says the following. This is what the Brayta meant to say. That when it comes to Sha'ar Mitzvot, for example, let's say Shabbat. The Yisur of Shabbat. Mm-hmm. If a person, let's say, is not Mitasek. Mitasek literally means not Involved. If he's not preoccupied in another melacha, kimitasik, which means like a mitasik. Example, sheim nitkaven lehagbiya etatalush. Let's say the guy had kavana on Shabbat, not to do a melacha, lehagbiya. He just wanted to lift something that was talush, something that was detached. Lifting is not a isur at all. And he ended up being Hotech Shepatur. Because this is a case of Enomitasek, meaning you were not even involved in something that is Isur at all. Because your covenant was what to be? Magbiya, just to live something. And what did you end up doing? You ended up being cutting something that was detached. In Shabbat, that is called. That you were not mitasek because what would a case of mitasek be? Mitasek would be a case where the guy, let's say, had kavanat to be hotech, something that was non mehubar, and he ended up cutting 
something that was mehubad. According to this rabbi, of Amabri Yitzhak, that's why he considered hayav on Shabbat. Whereas according to the first rabbi we quoted, that was a case of davar, shenumit kaben. He comes up and says, no, since you had kavana for hatikha, <coughs> albeit it was hatikha of heter, and you ended up doing hatikha visur, for Shabbat that's considered enough intent and you're going to be hayav. So what is this rabbi's, Yitzhak's understanding of Elchot Shabbat? In order to be patur, you have to be mitkaven fedavar heter. Meaning in this case, his kavanah was what? Lahagbiya. To lift something up. Lifting is not an isu bichlal. At least hatikha can be isur in the case of mehubar. But Sheikh over here, he's learning differently. He's learning that what? In the case of Shabbat, you're only ayav when you're mitasik. What's it mitasik? Mitasik be kavana of something that can be isur. Meaning, that kavin lahtoch eta talush, lahtoch eta mehubar. However, nitkaven lahagbiya eta talush. The hatach eta mehubar, that you're going to be patur. Oh, tomar be me'ilah. So I'll say, yeah, that's why maybe by Shabbat Nizid is not hayav a kurban. Because it's lenient in the case of eno mitasik. However, I'll say by me'ilah, she'im hoshit yado likli litol haifis. Let's say he, uh, he stretched his hand in order to. Uh, take a certain hafiz, uh, a certain object. And what ended up happening? Some of the oil that was Kodesh spilled on his hand, let's say his arm, and what now he unintentionally anointed himself with shemin of Kodesh. Shema'al. That's going to be considered what? Meila. Now that's a case of Eno Metasik, meaning he wasn't Metasik and some gets Isur. Meaning you just. Reaching out for something, it's, it's no issue at all. And still what? If it goes on him, he's going to be Hayab Mi'ira. So I would have thought maybe a Mezid is be Hayab Kurban. That's why the Brahmi comes in, no, the Hatayab Ishkaga comes and tells me no. So they were based, what they did was, so you don't run into that problem of Karet is worse than Mitabi the Shamaim, and the Mitabi Shamaim is worse than Karet. They readjusted the last <laughs> part of the Brahmi, the Sifah of the Brahmi, with different words in order to make. Uh, to make some sense of it. Comes the Gemara and says, we go back to a subject that we discussed earlier. Amar Mor. If you remember we learned on yesterday's Da'af, we would discuss in our Mishnah case of Tiruma of Hametz on Pesach. So we analyze how do you have a case that Tirumah became Tirumah of Hametz on Pesach? What was the scenario? So we said that you have to say the case is talking about where at the time that you were Mafrish Tirumah, it wasn't Hametz. It was Hita. If you were Mafrish the Tirumah, then the Hita became Hametz. Mashmah that what? That taking Tirumah of Hametz on Pesach would not even make Tirumah. <coughs> Now we have to understand why. why where, where's the source of that? Deen. So the Gemara says, Amar Mor, we learned earlier, It's talking about what you were mafrish to Tirumah, and only then it became Hametz. But if you were mafrish on Pesach, something that was Hametz already, Everybody holds, it does not have the status of 
teruma at all. So the Gemara says, Mina nemile. What is the source of this din? Amar of Namabaritzak, Amar Kera. We have a pasuk regarding the law of teruma. It says, Titend lo. I'll give you the full pasuk. Reshi teganecha. Tiroshecha. Vitsarecha. Bereshit gez sonecha. Titen lo. Meaning the first of the daga, meaning the teruma, you have to give it to the quantitin lo. <coughs> so what do we learn from the word lo? So the Gemara says, Velo leoro. But do not give it to his fire. Which means, Titen lo means you have to give something to the Kohen that's usable. Give it to him that he can use it. Meaning, don't be mafri. If not, you have something that's teme'ah. Right? Now you took teruma'ah. From the that was Tema'ah. The only thing the Kohen can do with Tirumah Tema'ah is what? Is use it as fuel. The Torah says in such a case it's not going to be considered Tirumah. Because since from the inception the only thing you can do with it is what? Is fuel it. Such a thing is not Tirumah. Because it says to Tinlo, it has to be something that he could use. Velo, Leono. Similarly, in this case of Pesach, when even according to let's say the Biosegirili, that says, Hamech is Mutar, Bana'ah. But you're never giving him something that is mutar, ba'chila, and the Torah says there has to be a type of teruma that's bibchinat that's in the in the way of what the oro. This over here, you're giving him something that from the inception is going to be burnt. So therefore, such a teruma cannot be viable. That is the source pasuk. So comes again and says Mativ Ravuna ben Rav Yoshua. So, uh, Ravuna asks the question on this. It says, "En tormin min atemeah letehora." Let's say you have uh, food that is tahor, okay? And you have food, let's say that is tameh. So you need to take teruma, right? You cannot take from the temeah foods to cover the tehora foods. Then I have two piles of food over there. Eh? So I want to take teruma. I have to take teruma from the tehora. Otherwise, it's table. I can't eat it. So the Gemara says, "I cannot take teruma from the temeah." To cover the teora. However, vim taram bishogeg. But if, let's say, by mistake, you did it, teruma to teruma, it counts. Well, what do you mean? Ve'amai lemalo velo leoro. What do you mean? We just said over here that teruma is not hal, is not viable if immediately it is going to have to be burnt. It has to be law. Meaning, has to be heter to eat. How could you tell me it's even kasher b'diavad? What about the pasuk of Titen Lo? Lakasha. So you want to answer? Hatam aitalo shata kosher. Hachalo aitalo shata kosher. So the Gemara says a big hadush over here. Gemara says, it depends. Over there, the terumat, the the food that was temeah. One time, that food was not temeah. And therefore, one time since it was viable, only later on it became tamea. So therefore, the hadush is the havad that can be considered turuma to give them great cause. One time it was considered ability to be law, even though now it became tamea. Masheik in the case of Pesach, it was never had a moment of. Viability. It was never shayach to be teruma. Now the question is why? Seemingly, before it became hametz, it also had a moment of 
kashrut for thiruma. So the Gemara says, Udlo aitalo shata kosherechi dame. Now what's the case? Which is if you tell me it was wheat, right? And then you took the wheat, you took thiruma, and then it became hametz. So it had shata kosher. Right there, when it was wheat, it was shata kosher. So what's the case on pesa that never had a shata kosher? Kegon te ahmis b'mehubar. Meaning, the wheat was attached to the ground still. <laughs> and the wheat became hametz when it was still attached to the ground. Now, is there a hayyub of tirumah when it's attached to the ground? No. When does the hayyub of tirumah come? After you detach it. By the time you detached it already, it was hametz already from the beginning. And therefore, that's the case over here where we're telling you it cannot be considered uh, terumah because from the beginning it never had a time where it was viable. permissible, it was never viable. And therefore, since you, ha- you have to say that it was in the ground, so therefore terumah is not going to be hal. Aval, ahmits, betalush, But you're right, the case that the Mishnah was talking about, it was wheat. You cut it, it remained wheat, you took tirumah, then it became hametz. In such a case, in the khanabi, it'll be considered tirumah. Because since at one point it had viability, even though after it became hametz, as a matter of fact, we can even go a little further. Which means, let's say you cut it, and it became hametz after you cut it. And now you took the tirumah in the hametz state. But the avad will still be okay. Why? Because bottom line, since it had a moment of kashrut, which means after you cut it, it wasn't hametz. I became hametz later. Still, but the avad, if you took tirumah, it's considered viable. The case where tirumah will not be hal is where it became hametz when it was still attached. And if we never had a shahat, had kosher. So, so now, now that's a uh, that's the case of the uh, Mishnah. So Kamsi Gamaran says Now I'm going to read again One, two, three, four, five lines from the bottom What's the case That you say that there was no Sha'at HaKosher Where it became Hametz in the Attached state Aval ahmitz betalush hachin amid kitcha. It's a question. The Gemara is saying, but if let's say it became chametz after it was talush, in such a case, you're going to tell me that what it can become teruma. Now that is a very far-fetched case, which means now you're telling me that the brayta that said. That if you take uh, Tirumah, what would the Braita say? The Braita said, V'im taram Tirumato Tirumah, you have to say it's talking about a, a, a case where it had Shata Kosher. And you give an example. What's a case where, let's say, when the Braita's case it was Tirumah, right? But where was the Shata Kosher? So you have to say that in the Mehubar, when it was attached, it was okay. It was detached for a moment, it was Tahor, and then it became Tameh. Uh, since it had a moment of 
viability, but the Ahmad is going to be kasher. So the Gemara is asking a question, is that possible? That's a very strange, uh, limited case, where you had the Mequbar, and then you, you cut it, and then it became Tameh subsequently, and since that is Shahat Kashtut from the time of the Hibbu, to the Tadayu Mafrit, to the Rumah. So the Gemara says, is that, is that really the case? So Amalir ibn Nahman comes along and says, In, yes. Which means, which means like this. <coughs> I, I go back and explain a little better. The Braita also is telling us what? That if it did not have Sha'at kosher, you could not have a situation of Tirumah at all. And what's the case of Tirumah that never had Sha'at kosher? It became Hametz when it was Mehubar. Now that's, that's, that's a far-fetched case. To say that it became Hametz when it was still Mehubar, that's the case of the Sha'at kosher. So Amar Le'in, he says yes, that is the case. And then he says, "Begizirat irin pitgama umaamar kadishin sheilta." He quotes a pasuk from Daniel, and the pasuk means "Begizirat irin" with the the uh, decree of the angels. Is it so? And with the words of the holy, is it decreed? Which means he's quoting a pasuk and saying, "Yes, the rabbis in the Bet Midrash, who are compared to angels, they agree to this deed over here." And although it sounds far-fetched to you, and you ask me, oh, "Is that the case?" We're talking about where it became Hametz in the yes, uh, with the Gezerah, the Irin Kadishin, with the angels and the holy ones. This is said, "Vechen Morin Bebe Midrasha Kibati." And the rabbis in the Beit Midrash, they learned the halakha like me. And therefore, the difference is, if the hametz became hametz of mehuberet, then already it can never be terumah. Because it was never had a shahat hakoshen. But if it had shahat hakoshen, meaning, if you cut it, so for that moment, then it can be terumah. So the rabbis says, is that true? He says, yes. It's the, the angels have agreed to it, meaning he's referring to the to the rabbis of the Petah Midrash, I mean, saying that is the actual, the... Let's read Rashi. Entor minat tameh ala tahor. That is one, two, three, four lines after they get wide. The widest lines. You cannot take Turumah on tameh for tahor. Lechat tahilat shemafsid kohen. Because you're causing Kohen a loss. You're going to give him Tirumah, it's Tema, I can't do anything with it. Beshogeg, Shloyadash, Teva Zetame. Let's say Beshogeg, he didn't know that this item was Tame. So he says, Shaitalo Shata Kosher. Shinir it kevale Tirumah, Kodush Shinitma. If it was viable for Tirumah at one point, and then it became Tame, Bidi Awar will be Kasher. The Adil Ael, the Hamed, Shloyadalo Shata Kosher, the Tromimimimu, the Kodem Shahala Pesach, Hayam Mehubar, the Hamis Mehubar. Meaning, before Pesach came, this was attached, and it became Hametz when it was attached. Now, at the time that it was attached, Right? The Hayyuf Tirumah does not come at the time of attached. I'm sorry, the Reshit Diganichaketif. The only time you have is when it's cut. Actually, when you pile it. Ba'adamat Kriyu. Ibin Malachim. כלומר, תמידי החכמים שהם כמלאכי השרת 
Amri bebeta midrash kimoti. So the Ahmad said, the rabbis of the Bebet Midrash that are like angels said like me. Right? When the Brayta said that it's not Kadosh, that it's not considered Teruma, that's going like me the way I explained it. Good. Hamzikran continues. So he brings a different source. What are we looking for? How do you know that or that when it comes to Tiruma of Hametz, right? That we said what? It's only talking about where it wasn't Hametz. How do you know that you cannot take Tiruma from Hametz on Pesach and it will be considered Tiruma? So he brings it from another pasuk. Amar Kera, the pasuk says Reshit. Same pasuk from the word Reshit, the first. Now, what does the first imply? First implies that there is a second, right? Sheshireha Nikarin Yisrael. Meaning, the Torah is saying, take the first of the of the crop of the product, let's say, of the produce for Tiruma. By taking the first, now the seconds will become permissible. It has to be a type of reshit that creates a leftover that is noticeably permissible. Now in this case, when you're going to take reshit, you're going to take this hametz of teruma, the leftovers, they're still asur. Nothing changed. Meaning it has to be a reshit that does something to the shenit, so to speak. Which means it's going to matir it. It's got to be noticeably mutar. In this case over here, you took Rashid, Hametz, Apesa. Good. Not a leftovers. What could you do with it? Nothing. This is still uh, Asurbana'a. And, and therefore, since it did not matir the leftovers, oh, good. it's not considered Tirumah. So let's read that inside. Amar Kira Rashid, Shishidea Nikari, meaning that its seconds or its leftovers will be recognizably mutar. Israel, as opposed to this, where it's not noticeably different. Now, even according to the Biyose, that says Hametz is mutar right? So even before you took Teruma over here, this is Hametz, it was mutar bahana'a, right? Now that you took Teruma, so it's still mutar bahana'a. You can't eat it. So therefore, nothing noticeably changed even according to the Biyoseh. Because you might argue, oh, now that I took to Rumah, now it's mutar ba'ana'ah. And according to the Biyoseh, Hamid is mutar ba'ana'ah, the Pesach before that. Mm-hmm. And therefore, by taking to Rumah, you didn't add anything extra to the seconds, to the leftovers. So therefore, that's how you know that Tirumah cannot be taken from Hamid's. Good? Yeah. Have <laughs> Kavz Gamaran says, Yativ Ravacha bar Rav Avya, Kamed Rav Hazda. Ravacha bar Rav Avya was sitting in front of Rav Hazda. The Yativ, the Amar, and he sat and said, Mishimid Rabbi Yohanan. Now, it's worthy once to explain, many times we have in Shas this type of statement where it says, He was sitting, Yativ, the Yativ, the Amar. And he was sitting and he said, Mishimid, he was sitting twice. What is this double lashon? So the Mephashim explained that the custom was, let's say he had a student sitting in front of his rabbi. Then he would uh, request permission, let's say, to, to speak. So he would stand up 
and request permission to speak. When the rabbi would give permission to speak, he would then sit down again and begin his question. So there we go. What I would say, Yativ He was sitting. He stood up to ask permission. He received permission. The Yativ Amar, and he sat and he question. Now we go to a new point. Anavim shinitmeu. You have grapes that became temeim. The grapes themselves. Let's say uh, somebody that was a tamer, uh, uh, say he touched the grapes and the grapes receive tum'ah. Now the question is like this. There's two parts to the grape. There's the actual pulp of the grape, and then you have the juice. So the halakha says like this. Foods, food stuff, are able to receive tum'ah. There's no shi'ud. Even a small amount of food can become tameh. However, food also has the ability to be mitameh, other foods. That's called tum'at okhli. They can mitameh other foods. But there's a law. The law says foods only have the ability to mitame other foods if they themselves are the size of a kabitzah. Tadeen has to have a certain shi'ur to be able to <coughs> pass on tum'ah. Okay? So now the question is like this. Guy has grapes, the grapes are tame'im. We want to make sure that these grapes are not going to mitameh the grape juice. So how do you, how do you guarantee that? So when you're crushing the grapes, so long as you crush less than a kabetzah at a time, those grapes will never be able to pass over tum'ah to the, its own juice. Now granted, you have to assume, according to this opinion, that the juice is separate from the grape. I mean, it's not considered one entity. You have to say that there's grape and there's the juice. There's two different items. And therefore, for the juice to become tamer, it has to come tamer from something that was a shirud of a kabeza. So the Gemara is giving you a, a trick. If you want to save your grape juice, when you crush the grapes, don't crush more than a kabeza. And therefore, the tumak, the grapes remain tamer. <coughs> but what? It cannot transfer tumah to the grape juice. So the Gemara says, Anavim shinitmeu. Dorchan pahot pahot mekabeza. Crush them less than a kabeza. Veyenan kashel nesachin. And then you can even use that wine for the kolbanot. Put the wine on the mizbeach for nesachin. That's how tahor they are. Alma implying kasavar mashkin mifkad pakid, which means he must hold that what that you consider the juice of the grape as what? As mifkad pakid contained. Exactly. Meaning, consider the grape as a uh, it's a holder of holding grape juice. It's not part of the grape. It's, it's a, exactly a pitcher. It's holding it inside. And therefore, it's not going to be subject to tumah immediately. It can only become tamir from coming in contact with the grape. Since the grape is a sort of kabeza, it's okay. Now, le'emat kametamu, when does that have the ability, which is when does the juice become juice? Le'chisahit le'u. When you're going to squeeze it. Le'chisahit le'u le'etalashi'ure. When you're going to squeeze it, it doesn't have the shi'ur, because you squeeze less than a kabeza. 
So the Gemara says, If this is so, We should even let you use a Kabitza's worth. And the assumption is going to be, because the second you squeeze it, already it's less than a Kabitza. So why did they tell you Dafka less than a Kabitza? Even a Kabitza's worth. How? They had Tenan. We learned in the Mishnah. Tamemit. You have somebody that became Tamer from a Mit. So he is an Abatum'ah. Shesachat zetim va'anavim. He squeezed olives or grapes. Kabitza mechuvenet. To the exact shi'ud of a kabitza tehorim. What do we say the juice is going to be? Tahor. And what's the logic? The logic is going to be that the second he squeezes it, and the juice now comes in contact with the grape, the grape now has become rest of the kabitza. So the Gemara says, Hatam di'avad. You're right. That's all about di'avad if you did it. Hachal here we're discussing the Ketahila only uses Shi'ur less than the Kabitza. The Ketahila, why? Gezerah Dilma Atilim Yarvad Yotem Kabitza. Because Gezerah that you might come to do more than a Kabitza is going to make the olive, it's going to make the grape juice Tameh. So therefore, again, if it's a Kabitza, the Ketahila don't squeeze them. But the Havad, if you squeeze them, Kashir. However, why don't we want you to do it the Ketahila? Because if we let you do a bitzah, you might come to do more than a bitzah. And what's going to happen if you do more than a bitzah? It's going to be tamed the, the juice. So then we'll let the other end, the Good. Let's read some rashis over here. Let's start from. If they were exactly the shi'ud of a kabitza, what is the deen? Tahor. It's a very important point. When he's squeezing, he cannot come in direct contact with the mashke. Because if the guy who's tamimit, who's an avatar, touches the mashkim directly, so finished. He does nothing to do with a kabitza. He's mitamimit directly. Urgon shedarchan Oh, and you also have to say that he's crushing them on a flat piece of wood. That does not become tamim. Because if the if he's using a regular keli, the keli is going to become tamim from the grapes, and then. It is going to intern mitamevi mashkin. So therefore, you have to say that so that a flat piece of wood that does not make kabel tumah, he's careful not to come in direct contact with the mashkin, and therefore the only way the mashkin can become tamei is from the grapes. By the time you squeeze it, the first second it becomes less than a kabetza. Therefore, it did not become tamei from a shiur. She'en mitamein, she'en kan mitamei mashke ela hazagin shenagar ba'em atamei. Which means, the Jews actually, its first contact is touching the Zagin. Zagin are like the, the stems of the uh, grape. The whole grape is Tameh. 
That's the pulp of it, and the stems of it is also tameh. The first contact that this comes in contact with the juice is, it's going to hit the stem, but by the time it hits it already, the grape is less than a shi'ud. But if it's more than a kabitza, it's going to be tameh. Why? Because when the first drop comes out, the grape is still the size of a kabitza. Now, she just tells us a side point now. So that, that's where she learns the case. Now, you guys have a question. We just told you the juice of the grape is considered separate. But at the same time, you're telling me it is considered together to make the shiur of a kabeza. So that seems like contradictory. Which is using it both ways. You're telling me it's considered what? It's considered separate, that one it cannot become tameh. Which means from the uh, grape itself. It's like grape, it's juice, therefore you need a kabeza of grape to make But then you tell me that the juice is considered part of the shiur to make it a kabeza. That's why it is one. So how do you square that? So then she says... He brings examples that we see this principle. Kabetzat ochlin. Let's say you have a kabetzat food. Shinihabehama. You put it in the sun. What's going to happen to when you put it in the sun? Dries out. Venet mahatu teorin. It becomes taor because now it doesn't have the ability to metame. Vechen kezayit chilev. Chilev is let's say the sweet kenari chilev, fat upigul. That's leftovers from the korban. Venotar. It's going to be what? Less than the shi'un now, because the shi'un, let's say, is a kabetzat to be hayab. You put it in the sun, now you made it less than a shi'ur, and the kohen or somebody ate it, he's not going to be hayab, because she ate less than a prescribed measure. Now watch this, I'm sorry, it's not a kabetzat, kezayit. When it comes to halib, it's a kezayit. The point is, if you shrink it, it becomes mutar. Now watch the other way. Hazar v'nihan b'gishamim. Exactly. Let's say you took this uh, shrunk kezayit of chalif and you put it in the rain. What's going to happen when it goes in the rain? Right? It's going to swell up now to become more than a kezayit. Oh, now let's analyze. But what part of it's making it more than a kezayit? The water. Oh, Ella, what do you see? That when it comes to the water that's inside, that is mistaref to the shi'ur to make it isur. So therefore, similarly, we're going to say that by the tum'at okhlin, even though the inyan, the mashkin, we consider it separate. Therefore, meaning, it can only become tamir from a kabeza. But, the inyan, it's the foot of the grape itself. It's considered part of the shiur of the kabeza. So that she proves this point from the case of the halib that got swelled by the gishamim. The gishamim inside of it are considered part of the shiur to be to a kezayit. Good. Comes again what says. Amar le Rav Hizda. So Rav Hizda said, Man Sayit Lach, who's going to listen to you? Ul Rabbi Yohanan Rabbach. And Rabbi Yohanan. Your rabbi. Why? Because who said this over here? This was all said in the name of Rabbi Yohanan. 
Right? The Yohanan was the one that said that if it's a kabetzah or less than a kabetzah, you could squeeze it and we're not worried. It's not going to be tamid the mashkin. So he comes along and says, Who's listening to you and who's listening to your rabbi, the Yohanan? Because who said this over here? This was said by Rav Ahab bar Rav Aviyah. He's saying, your rule that you just told me, we're not listening to it, and we don't care what your rabbi said as well. Why? He's, what are you talking about? Where did Tumah go? Meaning, bottom line, the juice became Tameh from the grape. This rabbi obviously is holding that juice is considered grape. Therefore, he couldn't understand what he's talking about. He said, what are you talking about? Once the grape becomes Tameh, the juice is Tameh as well. If, if it's now less than a kabetzah, bottom line, it doesn't matter. Once the grape, to become tameh, even a kolshu becomes tameh. Once the grape became tameh, where, where, how did you tell me the juice now becomes tameh? Where did this tumah disappear to? He must hold what? That the mashkin is considered swallowed or absorbed in the grape itself. Since the Ochel, the grape became Tameh, Itmuleh, Meskin. You don't hold that Meskin are considered contained? Well, we just learned in the Mishnah, we said it, Tamimit. The guy was an Avatuma, right? Shesahat zetim v'hanavim mechuvenet kabetza. It was exactly the shiur of a kabetza tehorin. What's the din? The juice is tahor. Now let's analyze. If you're saying that it's all one, once the tamimit touches the grape, everything is tamimit. Ella, you must say what? That the juice is considered mifkat pakid, and therefore the second you squeeze it, what's going to happen? It's to become less than a kabetzah, therefore does not have the ability to metamedi juice. And therefore, Rav Hazda, what do you do with this Mishnah? And I read it inside. If you tell me that the juice is considered contained, because why? When you squeeze the grape, it's going to become less than a kabetzah, and now it's not going to be able to metamedi. Juice. But if it's going to be learned like you that what the, the, the juice of the grape is considered part of the grape, I might tell you. How can you say it's Once the tamim touches the grape to squeeze it, he's the the entire grape, including the maskin. Question on that from the Mishnah. So he answers. Ah, you forgot one part of the story over here. These grapes over here, in order for grapes to become tameh, as we know the standing law, they have to become mukshar first. Meaning, they have to become wetened. Which means they have to become wetened with one of the seven mashkin. And one of the seven mashkin, incidentally, is wine. Wine, the grape juice. Good. So that when, when the guy touches, when the tameh touches these grapes, nothing happens to the grapes. Right? When is it going to become mukshar? It's going to become mukshar once he squeezes it. Some of the juice now is going to go on the outside and become mukshar. So the Gibran says, 
kashre. When now will these become mukshar? Lehi sahitehu. Right? At the point that he squeezes them. Ah, vehi sahitehu. Batsir lehu shi'ura. And the second he's going to squeeze it, what happens to the grape? He has less than the shi'ur. Rashi. It's one, two, three, four, five, six lines on the bottom. Ki sahit lehu leta le shi'ura. When he's taking the dry grape, and he's going to put it, let's say, under the madoch, the grinder, Just review how this works. We are following Shita that says over Minat Torah. Food, in order to become Tameh itself, also requires a Shi'ur of a Kabbatzah. <coughs> and so those who don't have a Shi'ur of a Kabbatzah cannot even receive Tum'ah. Midra Banana, however, it should be pointed out, food can become Tameh even with a Kolshu. But we're discussing on the Tula level. So let's go back. You had these grapes. They were not Mukshar. The guy squeezed them, the Tameh met. At the moment he squeezed them, Hukshar le Tum'ah. At that point over there now, they also become less than a kabeza. Once they become less than a, he didn't touch the liquid. Therefore, at that moment over there, it becomes less than a kabeza. It does not have the ability to become tameh. So therefore, minatora. So therefore, in this case over here, uh, the, he'll explain the case was as such. So let's read that inside the Gemara. Let's read that inside. Amar leh, hakal ma'askinan. I'm going back, it's like in the middle of the daft. Ba'anavim. Ba'anavim shelo hukshiru. Talk about grapes that did not become hukshar. Le'emat mechashre. When did they become hukshar? Le'chi sahit lehu. When you're going to squeeze them. Le'chi sahit lehu. Right? When you're going to squeeze them. Batsir lehu shi'ura. It's going to become less than the shi'ur. And therefore they don't have the ability to become tameru. Because if you're not going to say this, Ha de Tanya. We have a bright that says, Ha de Mazedome. If you remember, we learned above, we said a case of the Trumat Tutin Va'anavim Shinit Me'ah. Let's say you have Trumat of uh, berries and grapes that became Tameh. She'en loba lo heter achila ve lo heter hasaka. We said that the coin has no benefit from this. He cannot eat it because it's Tameh, nor can he use it for fuel because it's all wet. And therefore these are not considered good fuels. What do you mean? Seaweed the Kohen should have Eter Achila. Why? According to you, Rabbi Yohanan, you gave us an option what? that if you since the juice is considered separate, if you squeeze less than Kabitza at a time. Therefore, that juice could never become Tameh. So let's go back. If you have berries, let's say, that became Tameh, the Kohen still has rights to eat. Or can he eat Tameh? No, let him squeeze it. Let's do the Kabeza. The juice thereby will not become Tameh. Therefore, you must see the Kohen. But the Brayta clearly said no. When it comes to two teams, the Kohen has no Achila and no Hasaka. Why? Because it's one. And since when it became Tameh, 
the whole thing became to me, including the juice. So that Hazda proves his point that it's one from this case. From the fact that it says he has no rights to it at all. You see, clearly that's got to be considered one. Because it was considered Mifkat uh, Pakid. He has rights. Let him crush it less than a kabitzah, and he can drink the juice. So, Rava answers. No, it's not Rava. Amar Rava, Gezera, Dilma Atebehu, Vidya Takala. There's no. The reason in such a case where we say we don't let the Kohen eat such uh, grapes, give him an option to squeeze and all that, because we're worried he might eat it unintentionally in the Tamer state. We don't want the guy. You're going to give this Kohen these Tamer berries and these Tamer grapes, and you can tell, well, yes, viability, if he squeezes them, that's the Kabetzah. No, no, no. He's saying, really, I could tell you that what? The reason why it's uh, Asur is not because of Pakid. Really, you're right, there's an option for him to squeeze the grapes and eat it. But we're not giving him that option. You know why? Takala. Because we're worried he might come to eat it in the state of grapes. And then he's going to come to eat Tirumah. So the Gemara says, Do we suspect that the Kohen might come and make a mistake uh, and eat Tirumah Tirumah? They have, let's say, bread. Tiruma became tameh. The queen can use it to use it as fuel. Or let's say you have shemen. After Tiruma that became tameh. We let the queen use it as fuel. Uh, why don't you say maybe he's going to come to eat it? And you don't make these hasasot. What do you do with pat that is tameh? You throw it amongst the woods, which means they store it next to the firewood. Where does he keep this bread that's time You put it next to the firewood. Well, the guy's going to come to eat it now? He's not going to come to eat it. Already you're leaving it in a disgusting place. Where do you put shemin of tiruma teme'ah? You put it in a disgusting utensil. And if I'm not worried, the guy's going to come to eat it. However, these grapes and these... Uh, um, berries, where he's going to put it? To put it in the, in the kitchen table, exactly, put it in the basket. Why? Because he's eventually coming to squeeze it to get its juice. Oh, in such a case, you're worried that he might come to eat it.